you're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world. We highlight the latest and most interesting trends and bring you information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Maya Elving, and we are broadcasting from the Raul Wallenberg Institute in Lund, Sweden. Today, we're talking to Mohammed Abul Arar Ramispour. You have been a research fellow with RWI's Afghanistan team since March this year, and this interview will touch on your current research. However, we would like to start by asking you to share more about your interesting career and how you came to focus on human rights. So first, um, you didn't start as a human rights scholar, did you? Uh, thank you, Maya. This is my pleasure for being here. And thank you for hosting me in this program. Uh, actually, I started my career as a, a lecturer of Kabul University in the Faculty of Sharia and Political Science. And there is a question as how I joined Faculty of Sharia, how I joined Islamic studies. Uh, I would like to say that uh, in all Islamic countries, the Islamic jurisprudence is the key or the main part of the national legislations. Uh, as I wanted to be a lawyer, then it was necessary for me to, to read Islamic jurisprudence. And for that purpose, I joined the Islamic Sharia field by attending uh, Madrasa. And later on, I joined the university Sharia faculty. And uh, uh, after completion of four years uh, studies at Kabul University Sharia faculty in Islamic jurisprudence and law department, uh, I hired as a, a lecturer in that faculty. And I continued my studies again in the, as, a, as an academic and as a lecturer at the university. Uh, in, in continuation of my studies in the field of Islamic Sharia, it helped me a lot to better understand compatibility between Islamic Sharia, Islamic jurisprudence, and international human rights. Uh, and also, it was a good opportunity for me for uh, uh, reading more uh, academic uh, literatures. For instance, uh, I had opportunity to read uh, different philosophies and also social science, the international human rights. Uh, during my career as literary at the university, I have produced a number of chapters, and I was teaching uh, in the several classes from class one to class four, the faculty of Sharia and faculty of law, on different topics, on different subjects related to Islamic jurisprudence, including family law, uh, Islamic uh, fatwa, uh, Islamic uh, history, Islamic jurisprudence, principles of the Islamic jurisprudence. In all these kind of topics, I was seeking to find compatible points between Islamic Sharia and international human rights. I would like to say it was a golden opportunity for me because uh, in traditional societies, in Islamic societies, uh, being a human rights advocate, or working in the field of human rights, it needs some uh, certain knowledge, including Islamic Sharia law. If uh, you equipped with uh, the knowledge of Islamic Sharia, uh, it, it will help uh, you to, to advocate for human rights in a better way. And for that purpose, uh, I tried to use that uh, opportunities for enhancing my own knowledge in the field of human rights uh, and to promote human rights knowledge 
for other Afghans in the Afghan society. Uh, and that's why at uh, the same time I started my engagement and promotion of human rights in 2001, when I was teaching in the Faculty of Sharia uh, by organizing courses, uh, training opportunities for youth generation of Afghanistan, because at that time, uh, people of Afghanistan uh, were not so much aware about the concept of human rights because after uh, several de decades of war, uh, occupation of Soviet Union uh, in Af Afghanistan, and also civil war, uh, Taliban regime, uh, all these dictatorship types of regimes uh, impacted on people's psychology, and people were not too much aware about the concept of human rights. And that's why I started advocacy, so I started promotion of human rights through different programs, different initiatives, and that worked very well. Particularly uh, when it comes to the, to the Islamic scholars in conservative communities, uh, knowledge of Islamic Sharia helped me a lot, to be honest. It was uh, one of the assets I had in my background that uh, talking on Islamic uh, Sharia in compatibility with uh, international human rights law. Lovely. Thank you for that account. Um, may I just ask, why did you decide to go into human rights? What was your motivations, personally and or professionally, to do this? Thank you so much. Uh, to be honest, as a person who has witnessed uh, human rights violations in Afghanistan during the Soviet Union occupation, during the civil war in Afghanistan, 1992-1996, and also during the first round of uh, of uh, Taliban regime in uh, 1996 to 2001, uh, I was thinking how how I can do something to bring Afghans people around uh, to to, be, to to gather around one idea or uh, around a concept or around something to to make them uh, unified and to make them one voice uh, because the society was deeply divided in terms of uh, political interests, minority and majority, ethnical issues, language issues, geography. And for that purpose, I was thinking always how I can, how I can do something. Uh, finally, uh, uh, after the collapse of the first round of Taliban's regime, I thought uh, it may be good to, uh, to bearing people of Afghanistan around uh, the concept of humanism. Humanity, humanism, human rights, uh, in my opinion, it was a very uh, strong point that could bring Afghan nations together around this issue. And for that purpose, uh, I started my human rights uh, advocacy and uh, promotion of uh, human rights at that time by organizing uh, workshops, seminars, conferences, radio programs, writing chapters, writing uh, articles, in writing books. Uh, for the first time after the collapse of the first uh, round of Taliban's regime in 2001, uh, I, I wrote a book on international human rights documents in one of our local languages, national languages, which is uh, Persian or Dari. And the book published uh, widely uh, around 10,000 copies, and it was before the establishment of Human Rights Commission in Afghanistan. And that book helped 
uh, civil society members, uh, Afghan institutions, Afghan authorities, government uh, institutions, uh, to enhance their knowledge on human rights instruments, human rights conventions, human rights uh, declarations, uh, general, generally enhance their knowledge on human rights. At the same time, I was uh, leading and running a number of radio programs, and uh, the radio programs were producing by civil society and broadcasting through the local FM channels across the country. Uh, it was a new era, a new phase of democratization in Afghanistan, 2001-2002. The international community had uh, huge attention on Afghanistan, and they were uh, uh, somehow establishing radio channels in, in every corner of the country. Uh, in these programs, we're uh, somehow broadcasting through local channels for the communities. Mainly in these radio programs, I was focusing on the uh, compatibility between Islam in democracy, Islam in election, Islam in women rights, Islam in human rights, Islam in child rights. Uh, in these programs, uh, somehow influenced in the communities, and uh, it was very acceptable for the community to listen to these kind of programs and to... Uh, and later, most of the people who uh, were listening to these programs or uh, in attending these seminars and conferences, they became human rights defenders. It means that somehow I played a significant role for creating a kind of movement for human rights in Afghanistan. And it was a great honor for me. And for a few years, I continued like this. And, uh, and finally, uh, after a while, indeed, it was difficult. And it, there was traits, there was... Uh, uh, very conservative society, radical groups, all of these challenges uh, ex was existing in Afghanistan. But despite all of these challenges, I continued this kind of activities, and, and that was the main reason that I wanted to promote human rights. I wanted to enhance the knowledge of people on human rights. Good. That's nice. But says this change of focus, looking more into human rights in Afghanistan, you have had a range of different roles, including some high up in the UN system. Uh, can you tell us more about this and perhaps which part you enjoy the most and which were the most challenging? Uh, for me, the most enjoyable part of my engagement in human rights uh, was when I, why, uh, when I, when I understood or when I uh, got the knowledge of human rights. It was the most enjoyable part of my life. It means that when I studied human rights, when I studied Islamic Sharia, and I found compatibility between Islam and Sharia, and I found that I can promote human rights, I, I can train others for human rights, uh, it, it was the, 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 the biggest opportunity. It was a very uh, exciting moment for me. And for that purpose, I always been encouraging uh, other groups, civil society networks and others, Firstly, they need to, to understand human rights. Firstly, they have to read human rights. They have to uh, make themselves well prepared on the human rights knowledge. And then they should start advocacy and promotion and protection activities for human rights. Uh, it was the most enjoyable part. The second uh, part of my life in human rights, which I like that it was my volunteer commitment to human rights. Volunteerism and volunteer engagement in human rights means that for many years I have been engaged with Afghan civil society, with Afghan human rights defenders, with Afghan academics, Afghan government institution, independent human rights commission of Afghanistan, uh, even in the regional level, 
uh, based on my human rights volunteer commitment. And for that purpose, I'm always saying to other uh, groups that uh, volunteerism, this is uh, a very important part of uh, being a human rights defender or civil society activist. The third part of my human rights life is uh, it somehow uh, covers my my time in the UN mission. When I got uh, an opportunity to advocate, to monitor, and to report human rights officially in an official organization, I applied for that. It means that whoever can do something in an official position for protection of human rights, monitoring of human rights, reporting of human rights, that's good. They have to do. When I got that opportunity, I jumped on that in, in a and I applied and I accepted the UN mission. And then uh, I was engaged for monitoring, reporting, advocacy uh, of human rights. Uh, uh, it was also a very enjoyable part. And all these uh, parts, as, as I mentioned, monitoring, uh, reporting, uh, advocacy, uh, which also covers uh, one part, key part, which is protection. It is very important. Only you can do that when you join an official organization. Civil society is not in a position to protect human rights. They are just kind of monitoring, advocating, and, and reporting human rights violence uh, in doing some capacity building programs or doing some research. But you are in a, an institution like UN um, to do something on protection, to, to talk with the authorities, to protect others' rights. That is also a good opportunity. And I did that successfully. And I continued with that position around uh, four, 14 and 8 months, around 15 years in that position. And that was also a good opportunity for me that I I visited most uh, parts of the country and I became familiar with uh, somehow all civil society groups in Afghanistan. And I well connected with, with all of them, with media people, with uh, journalists, or with local authorities, with human rights defenders. And still... Uh, after my departure from the UN mission, still I I am keeping my connection with these communities because this is uh, unforgettable part of my life, and that's important for me to to keep my connection. And still I am playing a role for the capacity building of civil society, for capacity building of women rights groups, particularly after the collapse of Afghanistan. Always I am uh, doing some sort of trainings and programs for for women's rights groups and for human rights defenders, and even inside the country, because most of civil society people, they have left Afghanistan after the collapse of the Republic. And that's important to continue advocacy with human rights groups and also to, to enhance their knowledge. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We were curious about your uh, current work. And I was wondering if you wanted to expand a bit on your current research topic. Uh, in the last two years, as we have seen, uh, there were uh, a kind of restriction by the current de facto authorities of Taliban against civic space and civil society in Afghanistan. Uh, the rights to freedom of expression, right to freedom of assembly, right to freedom of association, somehow limited. A uh, large number of civil society associations uh, are not able to renew their permits and their licenses. And a large number of civil society activists have left Afghanistan to other countries due to safety and security concerns they had on their life. Uh, women's rights groups also, they are not free right now. They can't uh, 
protest uh, on the streets, the government and the current de facto authority uh, somehow uh, imposed a number of restrictions on all, on all women rights and human rights groups. In that purpose, I wanted to do a research and a study uh, to see in which extent the Taliban wants to impose this kind of restrictions against civic space and civil society groups in Afghanistan. Is this restriction has any root, any reason from Islamic Sharia perspective? Uh, how much Taliban wants to be committed to the international human rights obligations that Afghanistan had before? For that reason, um, I applied for fellowship uh, to RWI. Unfortunately, my application accepted and I started the research under supervision of Dr. Martin and the special reporter of UN uh, for Afghanistan, Mr. Richard Bannett. In the last seven months, I have been working on my study. And uh, the study somehow focuses on the civic space under Taliban. Uh, one of the key parts of this study is to uh, review, is to have a look on one of the very uh, uh, fundamental source we have right now, like a, manif like a manifesto of Taliban's ideology or Taliban's uh, thought, uh, which is a book written by the Chief Justice of Taliban by the name of the Islamic Imanat in its system. In the second uh, part of my research, focuses on series of uh, decrees, edicts, and instructions issued by the leader of Taliban uh, on different issues, including restriction of civil society and civic space. In the third part of my research is uh, somehow focus, uh, focusing on interviews I carried out with uh, a number of individuals, prominent civil society activists, human rights defenders, Islamic scholars. And this research uh, will be concluded by some sort of key findings, recommendations to certain uh, stakeholders today. Mm. Thank you. Uh, we are looking very much forward to reading your final report and wish you all the best in your continued work for the Afghan people. Thank you so much. Thank you.